Welcome back to another episode of Heddle's Blowout. David Shuck here, managing editor of Heddle's, and we got a real treat for you today. I know at the end of last week, we mentioned that we were going to use this episode to talk about Cover Up Colorado and the work that we've been doing, making and donating masks with Winter Session, but slight delay on that one. Luckily, we've got something I think you're really going to enjoy, a hour-long interview with uh, someone you might know as Jeansus or Jeans Freak, Swiss Jeans Freak, uh, the owner and operator of the Jeans Museum of Heaviest Fadings. He is probably the most passionate and most iconic denim head in the world. He is a Swiss geographer named Rudy Carr who owns uh, over 16,000 denim garments and has climbed Kilimanjaro wearing jeans. He has run races wearing jeans. He has trekked across the desert wearing, like, 25-ounce Ironhearts. His blood bleeds blue, and we are going to talk about everything from why he doesn't like washing jeans to how he started the Jeans Museum to the time that he uh, chained himself to the railroad tracks for Greenpeace to oppose nuclear waste. But first, I want to do a quick shout-out to the Heddles shop. This week, we have new arrivals in from Ashland, Shell Cordovan Wallets. That, if you know, Shell Cordovan is basically the king of leathers. It comes from the small rear quarter piece of a horse that it is super dense and super like tight grain, so it will last a really long time and it will not uh, buckle or crease. And we have six new options of wallets that come in both whiskey and number eight and blue shell cordovan that are all stitched up from uh, Horween Shell in Chicago and all made in Chicago as well. As you know, Horween uh, Shell Cordovan can be a little bit expensive, so that's why we have our promotional for Heddle's Blowout listeners with the code BLOWOUT. Get 10% off your order. That's B-L-O-W-O-U-T. We'll have a link in the description, and that's shop.heddles.com. And now I hope you enjoy my conversation with Rudy. We were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the Jeans Museum and what it is. So, like, I have some background on it. Um, okay. wondering if you could explain for the people listening, like, what exactly the Jeans Museum is and... Uh, if you were to visit the Jeans Museum, what you would see? Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's not a real Jeans Museum yet. It's just more a showroom. We are still uh, uh, have some ideas to set, up, set it up properly for a real museum, but it's very expensive in Switzerland. So we still have the vision in mind to set up in a bigger place where you can see the denim evolution and on several brands, seven uh, uh, stages of fadings and uh, from several time periods you also can see this right now already but it's in a very small location and it's it's a messy crowded place at the moment but of course it's everything there already and uh, it's just open on a appointment so it's on a very low scale this little museum and uh, but uh, it's nice to have chat with people there if the visitors are coming and showing up and telling a lot about uh, what's going on, uh, what's the 
interesting topics about rodening and uh, what's going on when you're breaking in a new pair of jeans or a denim jacket uh, because mm-hmm. the whole denim market is based on this core element because this fading is, I think, one of the most fascinating parts of the raw denim. And that's why so many people are attached to denim. Oh, I very much agree. because it's the, the full name is the Jeans Museum of Heaviest Fadings. Exactly. Right? You got it. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's not, I, I mean, we also have old stuff there, but not very old. So it's not like a real museum about the first teens. We have some stuff from the 70s, from the 60s, a few items from the 50s, but then perhaps one, two items from <laughs> World War era, but we don't have the real archive like Levi's or from mm-hmm. other uh, companies uh, with uh, over 100 year olds, but we still have some, I would say we have the most interesting part of uh, the denim history the last 50 years. We can cover it very pretty well. Mm-hmm. And people that have worn the jeans, so it's not dead stock or it's not uh, unworn jeans, but you mostly want are looking for jeans that have had stories and have been lived in and show the the life of the the person that wore them. Exactly, that's the idea behind it. It's about ten percent of the items are new items, so it's always interesting to have a few samples as a comparison how uh, new jeans. Uh, would look like if uh, compared to a heavy faded one, mm-hmm. but most over ninety percent are uh, worn in or worn out, or some of them are really trashed. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, like some hardcore people, they are wearing them uh, much more than uh, every regular person would like to have them on their legs. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see everything. So, uh, yeah, the fading and the denim evolution is always reflecting a part of a personal personal life of, of a person. So that's making the fading so interesting. So many people, they just have a feeling of, oh, this is my favorite pair of jeans. Uh, I just want to wear them every day. And they, sometimes I, I can tell you stories from wives or girlfriends when they're uh, just telling their husband or their, their different and now you have to change the jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't show up with them again <laughs> so uh, some people really get a very close uh, relationship to their jeans or denim jacket yeah yeah me too that's uh the last time i checked was um you had fourteen thousand pairs of jeans in the jeans museum but that was last year is that uh, an accurate up-to-date number uh, at the moment, I we want we really perhaps you have seen my just my last Instagram post just two three hours ago. I announced now that we have made a we will do a pre sorting from all items. After this, I should be able to say how many items we have. My estimation is now about nine thousand jeans and seven thousand denim jackets, but it's very roughly. It can it can be thousand more or less. I have no idea. Oh, so so it just will have... be the first. It will be the first inventory, the real inventory. Wow! And, yeah, that might take a while, in, huh? <laughs> yeah, we will start in two weeks, and if somebody is around in Zurich, he's yeah, he can happy happy jo- join me or help me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some friends already t- told me that they will show up to help me, so uh, it will be quite a work. It's about fifteen tons of of uh, denim. <laughs> uh, how much space does? You know, I guess 16,000 total garments take up. Yeah. 
Like, is that, uh, like how many square meters or square feet of, um, space does that uh, in, take up? In fact, it's very small. It's about, uh, four meter high. That's, I think it's about 12 feet high. The storage room It's quite a big room, but, uh, in square meter, it's about, I have less than 140 square meter. That's in square feet, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm not so good in calculating, but it's, yeah, perhaps you can calculate it. It's, yeah. Uh, that's, so it's 130 square meters is not so much. So it's very crowded. I have about 900 boxes now full of jeans. And I have a little private collection at home with about 800 jeans and denim jackets. Mm-hmm. A, a little <laughs> private collection. <laughs> yeah, it's very small one. So it's just my little favorite babies. They are my family. <laughs> uh, how do you go um, about... Or how did you get you know sixteen thousand uh, <clears throat> denim garments? Like it, this isn't something that happened overnight, or uh, even mm-hmm. something that happened in the course of a few years. This seems it's been a lifelong pursuit of collecting and having people send you their uh, their completed jeans, right? Yeah, it's a. In fact, it's a long story because uh, I got uh, I started as you as I told at the beginning. I'm sixty one almost and. I grew up in a small mountain village with 40 people and we were very poor. In our big family, I have nine brothers and sisters and we got clothes donation. And in one of the clothes donation parcels was uh, two Levi's jeans from the 60s. So the big fight of me and my brother who can get them because until that, the jeans was not known in in the inner Alpine area of of Switzerland because uh, Mm. the denim line was just in the lowlands of Switzerland. But in the Alpine area, we didn't know that jeans is existing. So uh, we, we got rid of our corduroy pants and I wanted to wear jeans only from that time. So in 1973, I s- saw the power of denim evolution quickly and then I got raw denim addicted very quick. Uh, and these I were, started these were raw them. jeans that you got in the, the donation parcel? Was uh, It was a new pair of Levi's that um, were you know dark indigo that you got to fade in yourself? No, it was uh, already used uh, from uh, the sons of a rich family from the Lake of Geneva in Switzerland. Uh. They, uh, they they just sent two big parcels of clothes with a sweater, T-shirts, whatever, and also those two pair of jeans. And um, then uh, they were already born in, not that much, but uh, the son of t- the son of this family. The, they grow uh, grow uh, grew out of the pants, so they donated it to our family, mm-hmm. and we were wearing them more. But they still, even if they were pre-washed already, originally raw denim shrink to fit, five for one shrink to fit. But uh, still, uh, you could see the denim evolution. So I was fascinated, and I nice. started collecting every pair of jeans from 1973. I got them from from our family place from a. I went to flea markets later. I went to uh, secondhand stores. I found some stuff from dump areas or garbage. Sometimes uh, people who are throwing away jeans. So uh, later I started, much later in the late 90s, I, I got the information that there is a company working in the United States called eBay. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> started in 1998 with eBay, later with the... But the most part from the United States I got from the famous uh, uh, Farley auction, which sadly stopped seven, eight years ago. 
I don't know if you know Farley Auction from Orem, Utah. Mm. It was a crazy auction every twice a week, a Dutch out auction, and it was crazy. I got more than thousand items just from this auction, and I got a lot of out items from Dave Hadlock. I don't know if he's still alive. Also from Orem, Orem, Utah, and he sent me many parcels of jeans just for fifty bucks, random scraps. I have no idea what's coming to my place. So <laughs> I got mm -hmm. some stuff from there. And then later, of course, it was from the internet, from a, from a, whatever, uh, sometimes from platforms like my Nudicom, later Super Future, or, or from a, whatever place. Some, sometimes people are donating them because since 40 years, I'm distributing little leaflets to all people. When I saw people with rodent, I just stopping them. Ah, oh, you have a special rodent. Never throwing them away, giving, handing, giving them a little leaflet, sort of my uh -huh. crappy business card. And then sometimes people are, are reminding this few years later and then they donating their worn out, worn out jeans to the museum. Oh, uh, so you're catching them while they're still wearing them. And then like, okay, when you're done with them, please send them to me. Ex and sometimes they exactly, do. <laughs> exactly. But it's very difficult because people are so close attached to their favorite items and three four five years later when the time would come they forgot they have forgotten it or it's they don't know who who to send the, they don't they have lost the leaflet or whatever so yeah, it's not but, much coming back but you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take yeah if you <laughs> you know if yeah, you didn't hand out the leaflets you, you wouldn't get any back exactly so perhaps i give thousand leaflets and two or three pens are coming so well. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, but people know about the Jeans Museum by distributing the leaflets in the first place as well. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm pretty well known now because now uh, on the reading rodening scene. Because ten years ago, I also started showing up on the denim trade shows, mostly in Europe, like in Munich or in Berlin or Amsterdam or Milan. Or so I have I have so little exhibitions there. I never made it to the United States so far. Sadly, I didn't make it to Kingpin show to New York or or at Nashville or other places, but it's mm -hmm. with the corona is now anyway not so good at the moment. Yeah, so oh, hopefully they'll all come back again. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's looking very depressed now at the moment. So the yeah. whole rodenting community, everything is very low, very slow now. So. Mm -hmm. It might be another year or so, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. those institutions Our, will come back and we'll all be here I to, really, really hope because, uh, to take part in them. Yeah, because it was always people always want to see me, especially the crazy people in Indonesia. There's the craziest rather in community. Very much. Yeah, if you follow it our is, Fade is Fridays, we get just crazy. so many Fade Fridays from Indonesia, Malaysia, yeah, Thailand, is. where it's so hot and so humid, yeah. and they wear the heaviest denim. Yeah, the, in Indonesia, the the the, the rather in poorest they they start with twenty one ounce or more. So. Below 20 is, is something for uh, douchebags. It's something for white Western people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, it's, have you ever been in Jakarta? No, I really want to go though. Cause you like it's some to, of the, the, the best. The next uh, wall of fate, you have to go. You have to go to the next wall of fate. It's 11 years old now. This trade show is the craziest. Really? You know this, it's very young. The Rotterdam community in Indonesia start, it started in 2009, uh, 2009. Before there was no denim in Indonesia. And then there was just a few young people from the high school, whatever. They were all in the age of 16, 18 years old. 
they started just some crazy Rodin companies. All those owners, they are now uh, close to the 30 years old or still a little bit younger, so between 28 and 32. All of the, the big denim companies, of they all started in 2009, 2010, 2011. Like Sage Company or like No Brandon, like uh, Old Blue, uh, Old Blue Co., your cheese Yuck, or... they are they are now just 30 years old so this, yeah they started the data kubiru forum you know this oh yeah yeah my blood uh, is blue <laughs> yeah and data kubiru exactly and when they started this in 2009 with this craze and they in the same time they started the crazy companies and they're just selling rodin you can't you can't see uh uh there is no uh stretch uh jeans available from old luco or sage Sismore. there is also no Pretty stressed, pre-faded. You you can't find it. It's not possible. You can't buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think the, the lightest jeans they make are like 14, 15 ounces. Everything yeah, is very the, heavy. Yeah, the entry label brands from Indonesia they have over hundred companies already. Two hundred. Uh-huh. It's just Bandung, Jakarta, Bogor, Jakarta. It's crazy. So they start with fourteen ounces, like the entry labels have AB denim, mischief denim, whatever. This pop meets pop, they have uh, 14 ounce, and but most of them, even the cheaper brands, there they have heavyweight, oh, and it's you. just crazy. They are all going for this uh, famous tropical sweat fading. Yeah. And you went and visited uh, recently, yeah. I, I was there every year for the uh, world of uh, wall of fate in December. Yeah, so I remember seeing December, some pictures um, on your Instagram. <laughs> you were, yeah, I was. And they are crazy. They are adoring me. So I have, a, oh. when I was there, I had a, I got a sort of an infection on my hand uh, because uh, on this part of my hand, I got an infection because of handshaking. Oh. Everybody <laughs> in Indonesia, everybody's saying hello. And they always hey, say hello. And they stay doing this and this. Hello. <laughs> and I got, a, I got a pain here because I was shaking hands about... I don't know, three, four thousand handshakes every day. Wow. And they had uh, this, uh, the, the exhibition was in a big uh, mall, and there was this, uh, how you call this in English, this sort of escalator when you, when you, when you uh, just stay on these uh, stairs and it's slowly moving up or down. Mm-hmm. An it's, escalator? It's not, it's, it's, an, it's not a lift, like, not vertical, it's just uh, yeah. going up slowly where people can stay there and hold your hand on the right or left side of the reeling and then you're going up. I don't know the word in English. I think it's, it's yeah, sort of escalator. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, where like the little in the stair malls. steps go up. Yeah. It's stair steps. Yeah. It's like an all malt. You can see it like in the mm-hmm. States, but, um, <laughs> I was just my, I had a little showroom there uh, for the change museum. It's a little exhibition. And there was just two escalators that are coming from the upper floor and the, Lower floor just ending at my place. They had to turn down the, to shut down the escalators because it was too much queuing up. Everybody wanted to see me. They had to, to shut down the escalators because it was too dangerous. Well, I, <laughs> I can see why you want to keep going back to Indonesia, that you're the biggest celebrity in town. <laughs> yeah, also in Thailand, when I see the, 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 the Thailand denim bro. If these crazy people like Khan or other ones like Ice-T and there are these crazy ones, they have a small community there, but but Indonesia is much bigger, the Rodin community. It's yeah. just crazy. And they always they try to sell them or never wash their jeans, but 
In fact, they are washing their jeans. It's just an inside wash. I call it tropical sweat fade because from sweat. So it's sweat wash. So in fact, it's, it's not uh, true that it's never washed. It's just <laughs> not so clean. <laughs> yeah, they're just grimy. <laughs> it is. It's, when you see it in real, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, you're a very vocal proponent of not washing jeans as well, that uh, you must never wash them or things that you, you comment a lot on Instagram posts of other uh, uh, pairs of raw denim that are faded. Oh, uh, what is your, what do you think is lost when someone washes a pair of raw jeans? Uh, it's just the only the one single point, which is uh, 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 not allowing to wash jeans. It's the one big point when you have a dyeing bath for the, when you put the indigo is in the indigo dyeing bath uh, and uh, with the, how you say this, the chemical reaction of oxygen, you, you the, the greenish yellowish color will turn into the dark, nice blue indigo color, raw denim mm-hmm. color tone. But when you wash the jeans the first time, this chemical reaction will be finished, finalized. And no matter with, uh, with which kind of uh, raw denim and which brand or whatever, uh, it, hap- it will happen to all kind of unwashed raw denim, of dry denim. The rodenim, the original rodenim color tone will turn or change into the royal blue color tone. You can't avoid this. It's just the chemical uh-huh. reaction will be finalized. So I, I know from many people, especially very young ones, they have big fights with their girlfriend or whatever, or with their mother. They are telling me, help, what shall I do? I Somehow I can feel that I don't want to wash my jeans. I, I'm afraid uh, it's not the same after the washing, or I, they have experienced it with the first pair of rodenim. And the second pair, they're telling me, uh, give me an advice. I don't want to wash it because I'm afraid something is happening. I don't know what, but I always have to explain them. It's because the water has also some oxygen inside. This chemical reaction in the uh, from the dyeing process will be finished with the water, so it will always turn to the royal blue. You can't uh, you can't avoid this, ex- except you wouldn't wash. But then you have a, so the solution is you have a stinky, smelly, dirty jeans. Or you have a clean, fresh, nice jeans, but with a little bit another color tone. Yeah, but you lose that color that you um, are so fond of. So it's not about a dirty or clean thing. It's specifically just that color that you. It's lost just about the color life. tone. I mean, if I try to keep my jeans as clean as possible, of course, and I have some tricks because we are living in quite in the northern hemisphere. So I always start breaking in a new jeans, a new pair of jeans in October. So just before the snow season starts, so uh, we, ha- we have for eight months, it's very cold. So I don't have to worry about uh, getting a smelly or sweaty jeans because it's too cold. And if it's very cold, I'm wearing two pairs of jeans. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, uh, so I have already, uh, I can already put 200 wear days in an easy way. And the uh. jeans is still very clean and nice. My second trick is I'm airing them every night. During in Switzerland, the nights are very fresh and cool. So the jeans is in the morning fresh again from, from after a cold night. And the third trick is I'm wearing them always a little bit oversized. One reason is I have enough space to wear a second pair of jeans as long johns. And the second mm-hmm. reason is I'm I have I wanna I'm a very active person with outdoors, so I can climb or hike. With jeans without any problems, I have, I have, I love, prefer to have it a little bit roomy and not too skinny or too slim. 
And the other reason is uh, if you have a quite a comfy jeans, it's a little bit less sweaty because the denim fabric is not sticky on the skin or it's not, uh, you have a lot of space between the skin and the denim fabric. Uh, so those and are the, the tricks. Last, <laughs> oh no, you got one last, more. That's very easy tricks. And the last yeah. trick is not a trick. It's just, I, I have three stages. And the first stage I'm wearing my jeans uh, as my office pants for the everyday but when I see the people are fleeing away from me, then I downgrade <laughs> them to my uh, just my outdoor jeans. So I still don't wash, but I'm not wearing them in the office anymore. Or not, it's just for skiing, hiking. For uh, and when the third stage, when they start falling apart and really getting stinky, then they're just my working pants in the forest, because no tree has ever uh, accused me that uh, I'm too smelly or stinky. So. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's just yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, then because when I'm doing the real dirty work uh, in, in my parents' forest or or uh, some construction site, whatever, then anyway, I when I go back to the house, the, I'm just taking uh, throwing the jeans to the into the bunkhouse and having a shower and switching to my other jeans. So. Anyway, it's then I don't care at that last stage. I, I really don't care if it's smelly, dirty, whatever. Mm. So what uh, genes are you working on right now, and what is in each of those stages? Because I've seen like you're a big fan of Lee Stormrider jackets, um, Iron Hearts. Yeah. I know you had a pair of Beetle Busters that you wore for like a thousand days. Yeah, and... a thousand and eight wear days. They are now retired. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, nudies that you usually wear, those are the ones that you wear as long johns. Exactly, because they were just a little bit uh, 14 ounce, so it was it's very comfy for me as long mm -hmm. johns. But they are also now, I would say, more or less retired now. They are really in a, such a bad condition, so I, <laughs> I, I think I have to switch now to another pair. Uh, what are the office pants right now? And like, what are the outdoor pants and what are the, the work pants that you're, uh, what's that so rotation? The, of, the office pair is now still the, of course, my birthday jeans, the 60 anniversary Swiss jeans, week jeans. Mm -hmm. They are now just approaching very close to 300 wear days. They still, uh, for me, they are almost still brand new. So uh, just a little bit of fading and... Uh, for after 300 wear days. <laughs> yeah, they're still a little bit faded, but yeah. the first tiny hole from the phone phone fade a little bit, and on the crotch there is a little, little, very small holes. I think they will just start, yeah, it's just yeah. start showing up now. But the it's rest another is benefit of wearing stable. oversized is you don't get blowouts nearly as soon. Exactly, that's the most important part too, because when you are wearing jeans in the proper size, you have quite some some. Uh, a point of stress around the crotch area and some other places so uh it would be i would recommend people then to do at least a little soak at the beginning to get rid of the starch so uh, the otherwise and the, the strengthening the fibers a little bit so to, to get rid of the starch and then uh, you have a little bit a better chance to not get a crotch pro out too early because when you're just breaking in a new jeans with stiff denim fabric uh, the chance of an early blowout, the risk of an early blowout is higher than, of course. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go for the long-lasting part, you have to try, like me, wear oversized a little bit. But it's not so sexy, of course. <laughs> but in my age, I, I don't care about it anymore. I'm over mm -hmm. 60, so for me, 
I, I don't care if it's not so sexy. But uh, for all other people, I recommend to do at least a little soak at the beginning. So the, mm-hmm. the, denim, the denim fabric is getting a little bit softer. Yeah, but not so long enough soak that it uh, changes that color. Yeah, just a lukewarm water a few minutes yeah. in the bathtub or, or if they like to have it uh, to on or sitting in the bathtub with the jeans on, whatever. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, you mentioned the uh, 60th birthday pair that you did with Candiani that exactly. uh, I, I did a little bit of research on those before and they looked like an amazing pair that not only did Candiani make you a pair of jeans, they made a specific fabric just for you. For yeah, it's crazy. Pairs of jeans. It's crazy. Yeah, they, they, they even call it, you can buy that now from Candiani then you can buy now this denim fabric. It's called Rudy now. It, they named it the denim fabric is my name and it's a, wow. it's a little bit of green cast. It's not that strong like expected at the beginning, but it's green cast and it's left hand wheel when they made the denim fabric for me. And I'm always, I always a fan of left hand wheel and green cast. That's my top favorite. Like my current uh, outdoor uh, jeans, sometimes uh, the Benzak denim developer, but sometimes I'm even wearing now my Swiss jeans, jeans for ski tour. So I think it's, now, after 300 wear days, I'm slowly switching them to the st- stage of office and outdoor. Uh, so how did that project come about? Because you know, a, a specialized denim for 60 pairs of jeans is you know pretty much unheard of. Whenever even <laughs> we've tried to do um, specific runs of fabric, they're like, well, we can change the weft yarn maybe, but you have to get 1,000 yards of fabric at least. So yeah. To make a special fabric just for 60 pairs of jeans is uh, a real honor. Yeah, they, they just, uh, of course, they made it uh, in the background. They were thinking that they also want to sell this denim fabric for other stuff, of course, for other products, not just for me, but because it's they can't do this big project just for 60 pairs of jeans. They have, they of course, they have done more uh, uh, denim fabric of this and I don't know how much they have sold for other to other places yet, but uh, uh, it was a crazy idea because I just asked them uh, half year bef- ago before my birthday. Oh, I wanna! I'm just planning uh, to do something for my 60th anniversary, and I'd, I wanna. Of course, usually I ha- should have done it with some Japanese denim fabric. That would be much uh, uh, the, the much other the first idea. But then I was thinking, uh, because I also started uh, some ecology stuff, uh, so I was thinking uh, I want to do it something as close as possible to Switzerland. And I Mm -hmm. found Candiani Dame from Milan, that's just three hours by train from Zurich, so it's very close. Uh, And and Imjit from Padua, also in Italy, is not much further away. They assembled it, so um, the project itself saw the... A little bit of uh, more sustainable not that global ecological footprint is not that big mm-hmm. this was the main reason yeah as the uh, candiani is one of the more environmentally conscious uh exactly. denim mills that they're on a yeah. nature preserve and you know have to exactly. abide by a lot more rules um uh if uh so of those 60 pairs are those uh, did you just give those away are those available for sale uh, are there going to be more of them this is a very, very tricky question. It's too complicated. <laughs> no, yeah. the problem. The problem is, no, it's, I can, it's, it's easy to tell. 
I made 60 pair and uh, with a yellow arquet. In the background is the Pitts Beverly, my home mountain. It's about 3,000 meters, about close to 10,000 feet. Um, uh, where, I've be, uh, where I've been there for I don't know how many times. And we made, we made also a second batch of 60 pairs of with a brown arquet. So I have now 120 pairs of jeans, the first edition and the second edition. And uh, I have uh, sold them just uh, some friends and other stuff. They are very expensive. We made a special price. The price was the altitude of the Pitts Beverine. So it's a, it's a, a 300, almost 300 euro. It's very expensive, $330. Yeah, uh, not very, very terrible expensive. in our uh, in our little niche. There's some jeans that are at least that expensive, so it is, yeah, but, but not, for, not ridiculous. A, yeah, but it's for a regular weight. I mean, it's not heavy weight. It's fifteen point five ounce, so it's uh, just regular weight. It's a little little bit more than Levi's, but yeah, it's it's still regular weight. And uh, I sold. I would say I have sold now. I still have some. I have from the first edition. I sold all. I'm sold sold out out all good sizes i still have some small sizes and from the second round i have from all sizes i still have some but i never made i never never opened a, started a web store or something so it's all in inofficially if somebody's emailing me if you still have a pair then he can have one uh, uh, if he want to buy one okay. if people listening want to buy one uh, do they just email you at the jeans museum Email or direct message me on Instagram, whatever. So or WhatsApp me. The, I think the, my phone number is all also somewhere on the website. They can watch the, the jeansmuseum.org. They can watch the movie from Candiani. They made a movie about this whole project and my denim life. It is 18-minute movie. People uh, will know pretty much everything about my life and my passion and everything and my other hobbies like mountaineering, skiing, running, jogging, mm-hmm. so, nature. Yeah, and how sort of denim uh, is involved in all of them. Is, uh, speaking of, I guess, environmentally friendly things and ecological, that uh, we were talking earlier about your work as a geographer with water and uh, you know watersheds and where water is going <coughs> in Switzerland. But uh, I saw also in that movie that you had a history with Greenpeace and specifically yep. with yeah, environmental direct action. And yeah, of course. Yeah, I was wondering uh, if you could talk nuclear. a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was about, uh, at that time, it was about uh, some uh, problems. We had uh, some s- special landfills with uh, toxic uh, waste. And we were demonstrating that the government has to uh, take care of these dangerous places because there was uh, in some of these old landfills it could be a danger that the the, the groundwater would be uh, infected or and uh, poisoned, and then you have some bad water water somewhere further down or in other counties because Switzerland is in the Alpine area, and if the water is running over the border, then you could have some bad water in the Netherlands or Germany or whatever, in France or in Italy because Switzerland is in the center of Europe, so uh, we have to be careful what what's going on all the. The, all the many waters flowing out of Switzerland to the other countries in Europe. So it's important that we have the water in Switzerland has to be clean because even in lower lands, people even need this water for drinking. Mm-hmm. And water only flows f- down. 
yeah, from the water of Lake of Constance. Two million people or four million people in the Lake of Constance from Germany. They're getting the water of the Lake of Constance. Um, just for drinking water. Oh, so this was... Some, oh, go ahead. Yeah, and so this was uh, important. And another demonstration was against nuclear waste. So we were demonstrating against nuclear plant in Switzerland. So then when I was... I was uh, I put my a special chain on a railway line so they couldn't uh, transport the nuclear waste anymore. So I was li- lying on the railway line. Yeah, I saw that you literally trained, uh, chained yourself to the train tracks. Exactly. So they couldn't with, move the nuclear waste. Yeah, with, with big chain, very big chains. <laughs> oh, how did that play out? How long were you chained to the tracks? Uh, at, for this specific, it was a long time ago. It was almost 30 years ago. But I think it was a, 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 a day and a night or something like this. Wow. Not yes. that long, but, but still a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, with you and were there other people there with you or was it uh, just you alone? <laughs> no, 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 we were a whole group. It was organized yeah. from, with Greenpeace. But it was uh, difficult because uh, when I was chained there, uh, it was just with one hand. And uh, mm-hmm. I was, uh, of course, I was wearing, I was wearing, uh, I, did, I was a little bit stupid. I was wearing one of my very, quite very old favorite jeans at that time. And over this, I had the white Greenpeace overall. So uh, I was chained with one arm with, uh, on this thing. And uh, after a couple of hours, I, sh- I really had the feeling I should pee. And I really didn't want to ruin my pants. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. the overall, but not my jeans. <laughs> so uh, finally, with the other hand, I was, I was sort of possible to get rid of my jeans a little bit. So <laughs> the overall get, got wet a little bit, but not the pants. <laughs> Not the pants, not the jeans that was important. Yeah, I really wanted to keep them dry. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, environmentalism is something that I think is just sort of goes hand in hand with raw denim. Is it uses way less water in uh, making of the jeans that there's no distressing and sandblasting and other things that are wasteful for water as well as if you don't wash them nearly as much and they, yeah. they last a lot longer. So it's... Uh, you know, that, that's the thing that I've heard you talk about a bit as well, about how raw denim is a much more environmentally friendly way of wearing clothes uh, as opposed to distressed or any other kind of pants. It's, it's, in fact, it's very important that people would buy raw denim only and wear them for a very long time. I mean, even if they are washing them from, uh, from times to times, but I mean, you don't have to wash them every day. But even if somebody is washing them, I don't know, every one or two months or so, it's still would be fine but the problem is rodenim is is already quite a dirty business because uh, the the cotton plant is a the huge amount of water is needed for uh, irrigating the the cotton fields and you have a lot of problems with uh, pesticides with insecticides whatever chemical stuff then you have other problems with the indigo ball dying bus and then um, then it's better if you don't go ahead with. Uh, it's it's much worse if you're buying a pretty stressed jeans, uh, sandblasted, whatever, and already artificial holes, like a cheap H and M jeans or whatever from from Zara. And after t- 10, 20 wear days, you have to throw them away because the holes are all already too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the raw denim is 
something that's much more efficient. And, you know, for me, I usually, I have one pair of jeans that I wear for about three years and I repair over and over and over again until I can't repair them anymore. And then I retire them and then I buy the same pair again. Oh, yeah, for re- me, it's, it's the same for me. Yeah. I'm also repairing the, I have a sewing machine at home and I just repair them pretty early because uh, before the ribs are too big because I'm not a professional. I'm just doing this for fun. And as long as there are small ribs or small crotch holes, I can do it easily. Just darning them a little bit and then it's okay. Or doing a patch under inside patch and then darning and then it's good. I always repairing them uh, in the way that the original part of the jeans is still as much possible uh, visible as possible. So I never put a patch on the outside. Mm, yeah. Me neither. Just darning as much as I can and yeah. put like thin fabric on the inside. To exactly. Over. Exactly. And, and usually one pair of jeans, usually I can go for between 600 and 800 wear days. So that's my regular result of a uh, pair of jeans. And you're putting in a lot of really intense wear on your jeans. Is This is a thing that I... I've seen you post about often that you wore denim while you, you climbed Kilimanjaro. You've exactly. uh, done running like uh, races. You've done skiing. You've trekked through the desert. Uh, you wear <laughs> jeans literally doing everything. There's no such thing as like work or active wear for you or like athletic wear. It's all denim. Yeah, I can. I, luckily, I can wear denim every day. Also in the office, it's no problem. Even if it's pretty worn out, it's still no problem because uh, you have a very liberal situation in our area i mean uh, in, in switzerland in general is nobody's uh, pointing on you if you are not wearing a business suit or something so we are quite open-minded i mean as long as it's not not too dirty or not too uh, ugly looking just nobody's taking care of it but uh, i can wear them really every day even if i was on a wedding or on a funeral i'm wearing rodin I mean, on a funeral, I have just a, a nice one. A new you have black one. jeans? <laughs> no, no, I have a blue jeans. But if you have, when you start with a dark rod and it's almost like black. I mean, it's, um. people who are not into the rod and business, they probably wouldn't recognize that it's blue. I mean, it's, and it's a brand new jeans. It's, it's looking with very, very dark rod, rod and so it's not a big deal. Mm. So I never had a, a bad reaction of anybody. Yeah. Oh, I guess aside from climbing Kilimanjaro and chaining yourself to uh, train tracks to protest nuclear waste, like, are there any other extreme activities that you've done uh, wearing jeans? Or, like, is there anything you wouldn't do wearing jeans? I guess if you wore them to a funeral or wear them climbing a mountain, there's probably nothing really in between. No, there is one, one big important uh, uh, top... Uh, uh, situation where I will never, never, ever wear jeans. You can imagine where. <laughs> uh, going swimming or? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> you will never see me swimming in a pair of jeans. I have done it one time, just jumping into the river when this, there was a world tour of jeans, but this, those jeans were already washed and, uh, and uh, I had them for one month as well. There was about a couple of years ago. I... Uh, and so then I was just jumping for fun for an Instagram post. I was jumping into the river with this, those jeans. But uh, my my personal jeans, I never have ever done something like this. Oh, yeah, like keeping a... them dry and thirsty forever. <laughs> thirsty forever. Oh, of course. Nice. I've seen you've done a lot of experiments on denim as well. 
and just sort of testing what happens, you know, I guess not necessarily on your pairs because you want to keep them dry, but there was a Lee Stormrider jacket that was soaked in urine to see what would happen or like other experiments that you've done with raw denim just to see what, uh, you know, what it would do and sort of like a denim scientist that uh, you've been as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was just for me. I was wondering, I have done several stuff, but uh, sadly I, I, at that time I didn't uh, uh, take um, pictures or something. It was before the phone area in the already in the seventies already. I started uh, the first experiments were, uh, putting uh, uh, jeans into into a little, very, very little lake to see what's going on or into a little river for one day, one mm. week, one month, just to see what's going on. Oh, just and keeping them submerged for, for days exactly. and days and days. Yeah. The special effect from a river, a little river where the water was always flowing over the jeans was very, very... Special. It was a the denim fabric was extremely, extremely soft. I never have seen a, such a soft denim fabric. It was uh-huh. a Levi's. It was just a regular Levi's orange tab, uh, five oh five or whatever, or five yeah five or five jeans. Uh, old style from, stone washing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was already. I have to say, it was already pre-washed from from the. It was a second-hand jeans, and it was already washed from the original owner, but. Uh, but uh, still pretty stiff and new, not so much broken in. I was, after one month from the river, there was completely, extremely soft. It was <laughs> incredible. Or I made another experiment later. I was burying uh, uh, two or three pair of jeans uh, under the ground uh, on different places. When one pair of jeans, it was a little bit uh, a wet, more or less a wet place at the the soil was pretty uh, almost muddy. Another place was pretty dry uh, in, in a forest place. And uh, it was just uh, incredible to see how uh, pretty fast, as after one year, there was not so much left. After two years, it was pretty uh, rotten. Yeah, leaving uh, them in mud for <laughs> two yeah. years it breaks them down. Is... Yeah, and the, the other experiment was uh, I collected some pee and then I was uh, putting it in an airtight uh, uh, pot or something with, without uh, oxygen coming in. So it was just in the same place uh, and always wet, of course. It, was, it couldn't air, it couldn't get dry anymore. And so after <laughs> two or three weeks all, already, it was even less, 10 days. I was just wondering how fast is the oxidation going on because the urine, the pee is no problem for the denim fabric. It's in, in opposite, it's even a healthy for the denim fabric. Oh, it's but the buttons the, and the rivets. And but all for that. the buttons <laughs> and rivets, uh, this was crazy. They, they were uh, completely blue-green. <laughs> there, there was from the copper, this is, <laughs> it is like a, a extremely strong blue color. Uh, so it's uh, you're trying to mimic, say, if someone dropped their jeans in the toilet or something like that, or in like a mountain-like <laughs> porta potty, just to see what would happen. Yeah, and the only thing I never have done, but there was another crazy guy. He has done it, uh, Wim Ravenstein from uh, Netherlands, from Boskoop, Netherlands. He has his famous rooftop project. He put uh, a jeans around. Uh, he wrapped the jeans, four pair of jeans, laid out on the 
on the roof of his uh, building. And after three years or three, four years, the jeans have almost gone, just from the wind, weather, rain, snow, whatever. Mm. This is also a crazy experiment. Yeah, people do strange things to jeans. There was one that I saw with uh, Britt Eaton, if you know him, and Carpe Yeah, Dan. of course. Orig- yeah. Original Indiana jeans. Yeah, Indiana jeans. That, uh, he I know showed him me well. Hair that was stuffed in a log cabin. It was in between the, like, the logs for insulation. So yeah, part yeah. of the gene was outside and part of the gene was yeah. inside. And the part that was outside was just bleach, bleach white. Yeah, yeah. And the part that was inside looked totally normal. This is extremely, the, the people, if you, I, I know somebody has uh, forgotten a, a denim jacket. Uh, it was inside the window, but it was just hanging inside the window. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was sitting there, uh, laying around there. And every day the sun was shining through the window to this denim jacket. And he forgot it for, I don't know, two or two years, three years. You could see like uh, it was almost white, the part where the sun was every day shining there. It was really, really, after several years. And this was even behind the window. If it's outside the window, if there's full radiation, it goes much faster. Yeah. The color tone will will, uh, go. It will really fade. So are there any other denim experiments that you're working on right now or that you have planned for this summer? Um, for the moment, I don't have big plans. I was thinking, uh, I'm not sure if I would like to do something like this rooftop, rooftop project as well. I'm not sure if I want to do this, but um, uh, perhaps I just keep going on wearing my jeans. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, that's experiment no. enough for mm-hmm. year 61 yeah and i have to be careful because i'm old already and you know one pair of jeans is lasting for me more than two years so statistically i have just 10 to 12 rodenim lives left uh, until i'm dead so i have to be carefully thinking about my last pairs of jeans <laughs> yeah do you have any plans have you uh, got it laid out what the next you know pairs of jeans you're going to wear up until the end of your life are going to be <laughs> no, no, I have no big deal. I just, when this October is coming, uh, this or next year, I don't know yet, then I start a new pair of jeans, but I, I never made a big deal out of it. I just, last time I was, was a Benzak denim developer jeans, Greencast, I la- laughed a lot. Before it was a nudie jeans or, or, or the APC I had for a while, uh, these Ironheart jeans or denim or uh, uh, strike gold. So, uh, uh, I don't have a specific plan. Mm. Oh, well, when you do figure it out, I'm sure uh, we'll all find out on, when you post it on Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Someday, just I will start with a new pair of jeans and then I will post a new, new jeans. Um, but perhaps if I will even go for a second Swiss jeans with jeans, perhaps, because I, some people uh, told me I should join these. Uh, there are so many contests, but of course I can't join all of them. I should join this, uh, what is the call, Indigo Invitation or something like this? From oh, yeah. Uh, um, it's yeah, something new, I think. I don't a know. Bit about it. That, yeah, it's two uh, years. Um, yeah, it's the uh, second round now. And he told me, oh, I should join this contest. Uh, he would be happy if I would join it. I could, I'm telling you, oh, I can't join perhaps, but I don't want to be a, a competition. I don't want to be there for win, uh, win a prize because I think that's that should be uh, something for other people, not for me. 
Mm-hmm. I have enough denim. So. Yeah, you have enough <laughs> denim and uh, you know they don't stand a chance, right? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to steal away some another chance from somebody else. I mean, I'm not that I would be the, the number one, but uh, I mean, I, I don't, I prefer that other people should get uh, these chances. Oh. But I can f- join for, for fun and perhaps even as a judge and then uh, just say, yeah, this is my pair of jeans. I'm just wearing it for uh, as a competition. But uh, even when I made it for this Ironheart competition, this heavyweight denim gem- championships, I was wearing this, also breaking in this Mega Beetle Buster, but I was also in the same time a judge, so I didn't, uh, I couldn't get a prize, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nor would you need one. And, yeah, uh, of course. Oh, say if people who have done with their other pairs of jeans want to send them to you and have them uh, be in the jeans museum, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, even this is the best way. I would be really happy that people are not throwing them away. It's so difficult because uh, I can get uh, much easier now the new pair of jeans. Some company are telling me, ah, oh, you can get a new pair for, for the museum. Then you have it as a comparison and they know that I will post it probably. and. Uh, so they are more than happy, but the heavy faded one is very difficult. Um, because people, be, be, because you, it's always bad timing when people are thinking, oh, now it's time this, I don't want to wear them anymore. So, okay, I, I go for a new one and I can send them to this museum. It's like I told at the beginning, it's too difficult for them. They lost the information or whatever. Or they are, it's too much. It's too complicated for them. They have to make a to, to go to a post office, they have to ship it, ship them somehow. It costs money and they have to ask for the address, whatever. But the best, easiest way is if you go to the website, Jeans Museum, the, the address mm-hmm. should be there. Yeah, jeansmuseum.org will have the, a link in the description of this episode. Yeah, and I, I think, I'm, I hope that the shipping address, if somebody has an old jeans, should be there. Otherwise, they can email me or contact me, and it's the easiest way to. T- yeah, they, I just, it, there's no hurry to get it. So I'm always telling people if they have an old pair of jeans or denim jacket, just ship them the slowest, cheapest way. It's still expensive then. And if somebody is in, really in, in a need of money, then I try to cover the shipping cost. But it's, of course, I, uh, the jeans museum is also non-commercial, so we can't buy jeans for high prices. Uh, we're not jeans, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, just slow, and most important of, of, of at all is that they have to put on the value of five bucks or ten bucks, but not. Uh, not so you don't get telling me uh, uh. because uh, otherwise we, I always have to pay huge tax. Last time there was a, a stupid guy, <laughs> really stupid. He sent from a West USA a, a, a really old jeans. It was uh, worn out, completely trashed. But it, it was a rod and a nice one at the beginning. I mean, from the when it was new, it was an expensive, uh, I don't know, Pueblo Japan or something. And of course, he just put in value uh, 200 bucks. I had to pay 40 bucks for <laughs> to get the parcel <laughs> <laughs> to the custom, or, or almost 50 bucks. I mean, it's, it's of course, uh, for a run-out pair of jeans, which I got for free. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, even mm-hmm. if this is the crazy... So that's important that people are marking their items as a gift or as a, a museum sample as a, a value of 10 bucks or something like this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, international duties are the bane of all uh, raw denim crazy. fans. <laughs> it is crazy. Until uh, 20 years ago, it was not a big deal. When I got uh, all these, uh, especially from the United States, you had a very special uh, service. It's called, uh, I think it was a sort of flat rate envelope, something from the United States Postal Service. It was seven bucks, uh, one pair of jeans. It was by boat, but no problem. Mm-hmm. And now you can pay 30 bucks, 40 bucks, whatever. And then the custom taxes, too, so it's... <laughs> yeah, it makes it very hard. Yeah, it's almost oh. impossible. Um, say if someone is visiting in Zurich and they want to see the Jeans Museum, do they contact you through the Jeans Museum website as well? Easiest way still, website or Instagram direct message, so it's, or WhatsApp, that's, yeah very easy and usually i have time i'm working of course monday to thursday in the office but uh, based for me is early evening tuesday wednesday thursday or sometimes on the weekend when the weather is bad i'm not in the mountains so it's always very easy to, to make a short appointment and it's everything is very close from the offices i have five minutes and i'm in the jeans room place wow. Oh, hopefully when travel is uh, more possible in the future that uh, we'll have a lot more people come and visit the Jeans Museum. Myself included, yeah. I would love to see it. Yeah, come on. Where are you living exactly? In Denver, Colorado. Oh, Denver is, was, was, was one of my favorite places. I was there two times, three times, and one time I lived uh, a couple of, uh, not long, just for holidays. A friend who lived uh, for four years in Boulder. It's not too far away from Denver. No, yeah, it's nice here. Uh, Come visit. We can climb a mountain. We can climb a 14er. Yeah, I was running up. I love to run up these uh, flat irons in a. Oh, yeah. It was really nice to just because I love mountain races. I was running uphill to these Mm -hmm. flat irons. I really loved it. Place. And in Denver, it was so crazy. Second hand stores there. It was 30 years ago. You got mm-hmm. uh, for fifty cents. You got you could get uh, second hand jeans. I was, I brought back so many jeans as possible in the airplane. I, it was about uh, seventy or eighty pounds. I was cheating as much as possible. I was lifting my bags with my feet <laughs> on the scale. It was crazy. Even in my ski, uh, one time I was there with my ski bag. I was for ski tour in United States. In my ski bag was filled with jeans and denim jackets. And I myself was wearing four pair of jeans and five denim jackets myself just to, on the plane <laughs> the plane i was like a i was like a dummy like a, a big fat man <laughs> <laughs> oh well next time you come out here i can take you to all the vintage stores and uh, thrift stores that i know <laughs> are they still existing i don't know i mean there was just it's not that very... cheap anymore but it is uh, they are still existing sort of like that they had so many nice stuff like uh, old brands which are not so famous brands sometimes like I, I, I got them Britannia jeans or there was a Big Smith or I don't know, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of uh, Levi's, Lee and Wrangler at that time. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, out west. It's the denim country. Uh, country. And same with uh, Rock Mount. If you're familiar with them, they do the snap button Western denim shirt. Was invented yeah. here. Ah, okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about this. I was um, I was always in the Rockies for many times for uh, from from uh, LA up to Vancouver and to Alaska so the Rocky Mountain area and the 
inner side of Rocky Mountain area, then from Denver to Calgary. I was up mm -hmm. to Canada. That was crazy. In the eight, early 80s, 1981, 1984, uh. 1990, and so on. I, if I would have the possibility for a known plane or ship, a known boat, I would just have collected everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw it into a boat. It was so cheap. It was for free. 20 uh. cents, 30 cents, one, one pair. Yeah. Well, hopefully that travel can pick up again soon. <laughs> would be nice. I would really, I'm really plan to visit the United States because it was the last visit in the United States was 1998. So over 20 years. Oh, ago. it's been a long time. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, it was before the Trump area. So I, I don't know if I'm allowed to enter the United States. <laughs> it's more like we uh, aren't allowed to enter anywhere else. That, uh, because because uh, of coronavirus, yeah. The <laughs> There's a wall around the United States. We just can't get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you still have quite some high numbers. I see on the on the internet. Oh yeah, it's very bad. Yeah. Oh, here in Switzerland is more or less regular life. It was one. We have a lockdown of one month, but now it's it's more or less regular. We just just still have a little bit to be careful a little bit, but we have still a few new infections, but. Uh, no dead persons so we so perhaps for every month one or two persons are dead per month but not almost nobody oh congratulations to you i hope we can follow in your footsteps soon i hope we we figure yeah. it out over here it's, it's you know it seems very achievable but you know very difficult with our current system of government um, yeah perhaps the, yeah and i think the, also from the police the politics from the and uh, your president probably want to uh, open everything from the economy and so as perhaps he has a fright of the bad effects of the economy so he want to make sure that everything is open and even sending people to the school and so that the parents can work again go back to the work so yeah so it's a little bit of risk things worse <laughs> yeah i don't know but i mean for us it was easy because the lockdown was five weeks only so it was it was possible so everybody yeah. is going to school and everything is working in the office. So it's no big deal anymore. But still, uh, we have to be careful for the big parties, the real big open-air parties or the rock concerts, they are still uh, forbidden. Mm -hmm. So only 300 people, 1,000 people. So this is one of the risks we still have. Um, uh, it's still closed. But everything else, from restaurant, whatever, stores, everything is working normally. Oh, yeah, I really oh, should come. When the corona is over, I will visit the United States. <laughs> oh, we'd love to have you. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the Heddles and Rod Denham community? Yeah, I would say uh, to people, stay raw. But of course, I don't want to uh, be uh, on a mission. Uh, I would, that's my top, uh, my most important set sentence. People should use their genes at their best. So if somebody likes new fresh jeans that's also fine of course but if somebody has an old worn-out jeans no matter how trashed best if it's strong uh, fadings visible never throwing them away that's my message it's so difficult to get them to save them up for other people to give them an eternal life they're always reflecting a part of a personal life so uh, you show the power of denim evolution to other people on many brands and samples that's I think the most important message. You can find the information on the website or direct message me on Swiss Jeans Freak on Instagram. 
Right, well, very well said. Thanks again, Rudy. It was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, and stay healthy besides stay raw. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'll try. <laughs> it gets harder and harder every day here. Exactly. All right, okay, well, be well so and nice stay safe. To you. Great to talk okay. to you too. Bye. All right, okay, bye. Take care. Thank you very much for listening to Blowout this week. Uh, want a big of a big thanks to Rudy for coming on, especially with the time difference and some of the technical difficulties that we had to overcome in order to get that recording out to you. But uh, yeah, Rudy is one of the most passionate people in denim, as you know by now. Uh, and if you want to send your jeans to him, you can just go to the link in the description for the Jeans Museum or follow him on Instagram at Swiss Jeans Freak. There's the one and only. Now, thanks very much for sticking around. And again, if you want to check out some of those Ashland uh, Shell Cordovan wallets, uh, go to shop.heddles.com and save yourself 10% with the code BLOWOUT. And remember, wear a mask, drink more water, Black Lives Matter, and we'll see you next week.